Oh, well, I don't know about you, but uh, sitting up there in the front row, I, I just real time, I was not emotionally prepared for how intense that would be. That was absolutely fantastic and uh, more than worth the price of admission. I, I don't want to say I had low expectations of that, but that I was blown away by that. So thanks to the band, thanks to everyone uh, who shared and participated in that experience. That, that was just, just a great picture of what we mean when we talk about the gift that God's given us in each other. That's what we mean. That, that, we got it on video, so if you ever want to see that again, <laughs> uh, that's what we mean, in the gift that God's given us in each other. I was thinking, just pulled it up, we don't have it on the screen uh, but I was thinking about this. There's some verses in Hebrews chapter 10 that say, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. For he who promised is faithful. That's what we've been singing about tonight. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. I felt like every time we put our hands together and applauded and kind of cheered, cheered each other on, we were doing that, thinking about what we were remembering this morning, you know, keeping our eyes on the day approaching when the king returns. This is one of the reasons that we get together as a church community. One of the, one of the reasons why we are a church is, you know, in that it takes a village uh, to raise a family. This is the village that raises people like you and me. But in addition to the way that we can stimulate each other's spiritual lives by being and us together, uh, we also have an identity together to live out. So we say this often that, that faith is personal, but not exclusively individual. It's both personal and communal. And so we want to kind of shift gears a little bit and share a bit of how we sense God desiring us to be faithful communally. Because we kind of introduced that idea this morning where uh, through this uh, beautiful work of art, uh, we saw again God's revealed vision for us. His revealed vision. We don't make it up. God's already revealed it for us that he intends his church in this era of human history to be faithful, to tell his story and in the life of Jesus Christ to share, to share unified together his love with the world. And more and more that believers would be unified together in the power of the Holy Spirit to be a tidal wave of love, bringing restoration and hope to the world. That's kind of our vision because that's what we understand to be God's revealed vision. If you've been around uh, for any amount of time, you know that we flesh that out a little bit and say that when, when it comes to restoring, there are actually three dimensions of a life that we're trying to restore. A spiritual dimension between people and God, a relational dimension between people and people, and a societal dimension between people and the world around them. And the way that we do that, having kind of, again, discovered those through God's revelation in the early chapters of the book of Genesis, when we see the way that God intended for people to live. The way that we facilitate that, we skip ahead to the book of Acts where we see the first century church in action. And we see these behaviors in the first century church, in first century followers of Jesus, where it says out of their devotion to Christ, they did things like met in the temple regularly. 
And they did things like men in each other's homes with joy and great sincerity of heart as they shared their lives with one another. And they regularly sold their possessions and gave to those in need. And all the while, they were uh, gaining favor with all the people. And it says in Acts chapter 2 that the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. He included other people in that adventure. And as we look at a passage like that, what we see in these kind of practices, these behaviors of the first century church, is we see those very three dimensions, the spiritual dimension, the relational dimension, and the societal dimension, being restored the way we understand God intending them to be restored. And so as a church, to live out this vision of being this restorative force in the power and love and unity of Jesus Christ... um, We try to live these out in these three dimensions. We call it fostering a lifestyle of full devotion. That's what we say we're in the business of around here. Fostering a lifestyle of full devotion that has these three dimensions, what we call inspiration, being inspirited, connection, being uh, tightly related to one another, and action, taking social responsibility for the world around us. And to facilitate those patterned after this picture of the first century church in Acts chapter 2, we've tried to we tried to create some 21st century equivalents of those first century expressions of this lifestyle of full devotion. Kind of a first century equivalent of a temple piece, a first century equivalent of gathering in each other's homes, and a first century equivalent of selling our possessions and serving the poor, what we call our Sunday services, our life groups, and our location-specific anchor causes. On top of that, we're not only trying to foster a lifestyle of full devotion and inspiration, connection, and action through these three primary programs, we're also trying to expose children and developing young adults to that lifestyle of full devotion in a ministry called family ministry that exposes them increasingly to those three dimensions in age-appropriate ways. And then on top of that, as a church community, we try to serve and support all three plus one of those ministries with all of the, what you would call kind of business functions, the infrastructural supports of, you know, providing facility management and financial support and IT and tech and communications and whatnot. And the sum total of all that is what we describe as our organization or the organization of our church. That's how we're structured. Anyone asks how we're organized, I just say, well, our form follows our function, meaning we're organized in the manner of what we're trying to do. And so, Jeff, I don't know if you want to facilitate these stools up here at this point, but we're going to invite now to hear a little bit of our kind of communal vision some representative spokespeople from each of these main ministry areas. A representative from Inspiration Ministry that oversees uh, most primarily our Sunday services. A, a representative from Connection who oversees primarily our uh, group life. A representative from Action that primarily oversees our anchor causes locally and uh, together globally. A representative from our family ministry that oversees all of those ways in which we try to expose the lifestyle of full devotion to kids and developing young adults, and then a representative from what we call our ministry services, all of our kind of business functions or our infrastructural supports, because over the course of the spring and summer, they've been kind of discerning and praying together about ways in which they as teams and together as departments of all the ministries contained in those areas, ways in which they believe God wants them to be more faithful in the 
small and significant things that God's entrusted to them. And as they share, they also want to invite us as a church family into that as well. And so my hope tonight is that it's not only an incredible celebration of the gift that God has given us in each other to spur one another on to individual love and good deeds, but that this would be an opportunity for all of us together to join in our common identity and to take steps of faithfulness together collectively as we join in with these main ministry areas. So gang, come on up and uh, grab your seats. We'll start with inspiration over here. They're all going to sit up here so you can get a look at them. I guess we'll use this mic. And they're all sitting in the right seats. Okay, so put your hands together, welcome them, and they're going to share for a little bit. Okay, uh, yeah, so I, I get the privilege of leading what we call our inspiration uh, ministry, which is intended to help foster that spiritual dimension that Jeff was talking about. Basically, our relating to God and our experiencing and being, we use the word, inspirited, filled uh, with the life and presence of God and learning how to live that out sort of day to day. Um, and our primary sort of program to help us understand that, grow into that and whatnot, uh, and encourage and express that is what we do when we get together in environments like this on Sunday mornings and, and gather together on Sunday so that we can be uh, empowered uh, to live it out on Monday and Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and so on and so forth, right? Um, and uh, what we want to talk about is, is what this year we're going to try to, in our department, be faithful to, to try to really press into, uh, to, to improve and grow our ministry and its effectiveness in helping you in that dimension uh, of your life. And uh, this year, there's kind of three main things uh, that our team has thought about that we're trying to, to be really faithful in uh, to see that happen. And the first uh, we've described as trying to take uh, the spiritual gymnasium paradigm of Sunday mornings to the next level. Over the last couple of years, if you've been around, we've used this metaphor of a gathering on a Sunday morning to be a little bit more like a gymnasium, like a, a place you might go work out to kind of focus on health and fitness, more than just a classroom or a concert or a pep rally, that it would be a place where we actually come to, to exercise our faith and be introduced to new exercises uh, so that we can uh, take those exercises with us into our daily life. And uh, our hope this year is to create sort of a greater variety uh, and accessibility and engagement in uh, those kinds of spiritual exercises and practices that can make us more spiritually fit uh, Monday to Saturday, not just, not just on Sunday mornings. And uh, the second thing we've been talking about is as we tap into this gymnasium kind of way of thinking about church, that we would make it as accessible and engaging uh, maybe especially to all of us, but maybe especially to people who are newer to a church environment. Um, people that are spiritually curious or spiritually hungry, uh, wanting to, in that sense, get in shape, but maybe are new to working out. I think any of us that have tried any kind of workout plan or diet plan, we know what it's like to want to do it, but need, need some guidance, need to be kind of inspired into it. And we're hoping uh, that as we explore these spiritual practices, we can kind of like an effective and inspiring gym membership. We can make it fun, we can make it social. We can make it uh, something that, uh, again, is accessible and relatable to, uh, to normal life, essentially. And uh, the third thing we're talking about this year is just trying to make a greater investment in our volunteers and teams uh, within our ministry. Over the last year, we felt a little bit, we've been a little bit shorthanded with, with our staff team, and it's probably had us 
uh, invest in our volunteer teams uh, not as effectively as we'd prefer to do so. And so we want to ratchet that up a little bit, develop leaders, uh, focus on the volunteers' experience uh, in our ministry, and probably have a bit of an eye on really trying to focus a lot of that energy on the next generation, on younger uh, volunteers and leaders, not, not to neglect any of us that are, are getting older, but uh, to focus on, on uh, getting younger crowd involved as well. So those are things we're going to try to focus on to improve our gatherings, our, our this inspirited life, and particularly how we express that on Sundays. And uh, it's something that we can't do alone, just as staff and as leaders and as, as volunteers. Uh, it's something that we need sort of all of our engagement in. And if those are the three things we're focusing on, I have two things I'd want to invite and encourage all of us into. And uh, the first would be to pray, especially when it comes to the spiritual dimension of our faith, that we'd be a community that is praying for what we experience when we gather together in these ways, that we would pray that we would have open hearts. Uh, we would pray for our team that plans and creates experiences. We would pray for those who are new, who are coming. And I was thinking about, you know, the exercise, the practice we did this morning of setting alar an alarm to remind us to pray. What would it be like this year if every one of us set an alarm an hour before the service that we normally attend to have it go off and just say a prayer? Those kinds of things. Pray into uh, our experience. How might that change uh, our experience over time? So I'd invite you to pray. The second thing I'd invite you to do is to participate. And basically what I mean by that is to regularly attend our gatherings. And uh, in a lot of ways, this is kind of often the, the core of our community. Um, but very simply, you know, in our culture, church attendance has, has kind of become a less than normal thing. Kind of used to be three point something out of four Sundays people normally attended, in, at least in faith communities. And now it's sort of less than two out of four months. And it's kind of, kind of dropping. We get that. Life is busy. We have stuff going on on the weekends. And our view of faith has grown way beyond attending uh, in a building for an hour on Sunday. And we still believe in that. We don't want to sort of in any way uh, backtrack on those kinds of values. But sometimes it makes, I think, our, our church attendance a little more casual. And I was thinking about what would it look like if all of us attended a little more often this year? What if we aimed for more often than not and uh, two Sundays a month became three? And, and what would God do through that consistency and that presence together uh, in growing and inspiring our, uh, our spiritual lives? So uh, that'd be my encouragement to you. Pray, participate, and uh, I think it's going to be a great year for our, our Sundays. All right, so uh, Mike Minema, Rick Zwiers, and I, as well as uh, the more recent edition of Jessica Reimer, oversee uh, what Jeff was referring to as our connection department, where we try and get people connected. And uh, this is rooted, the reason we do this is rooted in the Bible, because when God created people, uh, when his love made him do that, he actually made us to reflect his love by loving each other and loving his world. And that happens in basically everything that we do, right? It happens in our working and in our playing. It happens in our learning. It happens when we eat together. I love that one. It happens when we create together and when we serve together. Um, we, we reflect his image when we actually cultivate community, when we actually really believe in our hearts that we're better together than we are on our own. Uh, of course, Jesus lived this out perfectly, and that's why we spend so much time looking at his life. Uh, he longs to lead every single one of us, though, into that experience of deep-spirited connectedness. 
when we're in those deepening relationships, we actually really do learn to love more fully and we grow in our character uh, and in how we reflect Jesus. So as a church family, our heart is actually really to help each other live out this better together way of life uh, through life groups. Uh, just that when each of us is actually deliberately engaged in relationships and committed to that regular rhythm of connection, when we're doing that, that when we're open uh, to God's leading, when we're actively serving each other and then serving God's world together, we actually really have the potential to realize this way of life. It, it can be game-changing. To isolate from looking for spiritual friendship will actually stagnate my growth. It'll stagnate your growth too. Uh, the phrase that we use a lot and we really do believe it is that life change really does happen best in relationships. So this fall, as your location pastors, we're committed to helping as many of us get connected in groups as possible. So that could stimulate a greater love for people and a greater love for Jesus that it could actually stimulate significant life change in each of us. Uh, we've got lots of great existing groups. We've got some new groups this fall, and we're going to focus on things like exploring what faith in Jesus looks like uh, through the Alpha Course, which you heard about this morning. Uh, we want to have some groups focusing on building awesome marriages, uh, becoming better and better parents, learning to love our immediate communities better by learning to serve them, um, and growing to be like Jesus by processing and applying the Sunday messages that we get week to week. And I think you'll agree that we're pretty darn blessed here with that. In these groups, we get to pray together. We get to serve each other. We get to serve together until it just kind of becomes the people that we are. I think the operative word in all of this is together, right? Um, Mike and Rick and I are committed to uh, cheering on uh, and uh, encouraging and equipping our life group leaders so that our groups, so that we as a, an entire church community look more and more like Christ all the time. On top of that, um, when we chat, we, we so much want for everybody who shows up even once at Southridge uh, to feel like they belong. And so we're going to keep starting parties. Uh, if you've attended a, a party time party in the last year, uh, you know what I'm talking about. It's been an incredible experience. And we're going to keep doing that again uh, this fall. So look out for that time when that happens and maybe step up to host, but definitely go. It's just incredible to meet new people. But on top of that, we want to invite some people to become regular party starters themselves. It would be so beautiful if people regularly heard from people that they didn't even know very well yet saying, hey, do you just want to come over uh, either today or, hey, a week from now or some other time? Uh, we're just dreaming that more and more people, whether they show up for the first time or they've been around here forever, will experience the thrill of being invited and included for food and for friendship. So here's the bottom line, uh, I think, in our world for dreaming big and thinking small, to be faithful in developing spiritual friendships this year in our church family. If you're in a group, bring your whole self to the group, week in, week out. 
If you're not in a group, I hope you'll be inspired to take a step this fall, to get into that rhythm and, uh, and join in with a group this fall. Uh, because if all of us faithfully invest in relationships in deliberate week after week after week ways over the year by being committed to showing up to our groups, by engaging in genuine conversation and bringing our real authentic selves to that gathering, we will, I promise you, we will grow in beautiful ways. And then we'll get the thrill, of course, uh, of giving away the abundant life that, that Jesus came to give everyone. So join in. Well, good evening, friends. Uh, my name is Nathan, and I have the privilege of being involved in our action department here at Southridge across all the locations. And um, our action ministry, as we speak about being able to give away um, the abundance and love that we're given, our action ministry um, exists so that we can extend compassion and justice um, to marginalized peoples in our various communities and in a way that also grows us in the process. And, I mean, what a privilege and a pleasure and what an adventure that is that we have to be able to do together as a community. Um, at each of our locations, we focus primarily on um, what we call uh, our anchor causes. Uh, in Vineland, um, we are, have the opportunity to be able to serve together um, with a large community of migrant workers, um, largely from the Caribbean. In Welland, we focus on low-income families in uh, a few different ways. Uh, here in Glenridge and in St. Catharines, we serve with people who are experiencing homelessness or who have experienced homelessness. And across all three of our locations, we also uh, have the opportunity um, to be able to partner with Compassion Canada um, in order to support child survival in developing countries. Um, and as you can see, this is just an incredible privilege that we have, an adventure that we get to be able to live together. And Jesus operated by um, leading his disciples into often conflicted situations um, where they both saw Jesus at work and also had the opportunity um, to take part in the work themselves. Um, after these moments, Jesus spent time with his disciples um, in smaller groups um, to be able to unpack the things that they were experiencing that they were learning together. Ultimately, this would lead them into being able to change their lives, change the way that they're interacting with the world around them, and to change the world around them as well. All of this being able to be done in imitation of Jesus, and this is the opportunity that we have as well. The process of lifestyle transformation, of being able to um, observe, then take action, and uh, be able to have conversation and also learn together through what we're participating in, is sometimes referred to as... Uh, as experiential discipleship. And in action ministry, we believe that experiencing Christ can be our best teacher. Um, this year, this season, the opportunity that we have, we believe that we have the opportunity to continue to be faithful and to try to be, to increase in our faithfulness to Jesus and to God's call in our lives by both being discipled and also, in turn, being a part of discipling those around us. As an action team, one of the things that we're committed to in this season is to opening doors to this kind of discipleship, to creating more opportunities um, to be able to be involved. And 
also bringing the resources so that we can extend um, these, these opportunities and grow together in a faith that expresses itself in love um, through our involvement and learning how to make the love of Jesus in a moment-by-moment -moment way of life uh, in our homes and throughout our communities. If you're not a part of serving in an anchor cause, this evening I just want to say, friends, don't miss out. It's an incredible opportunity. It's something that we just believe is changing our community. It's changing us as individuals. And we just see God doing amazing things in our neighborhoods. We hope that you'll be able to be willing to go and make yourself available to be a part of the anchor cause at your location this week. If you're not a part of it, come on and join in. Um, be open to the ways that you might be changed uh, in what you'll experience and the change that you're going to be able to be a part of bringing as well. In this season, our anchor causes have big dreams, and uh, we feel that God will be realizing those dreams through us in the small faithfulness of every single one of us pulling together, pulling together to be involved in them. And we just ask that if you're not a part of it, that you'll just join us this year and you'll be a part of this with us and uh, that throughout this season that we can be a part of this transformation together. Awesome. I'm Carrie, and I'm up here representing the family ministry team. And um, I guess I'd just like to say, first of all, on behalf of my team, that we love, love, love serving your families and consider it a massive privilege. Um, as a bit of a recap, there's three primary reasons that we have family ministry. One, to provide a comprehensive discipleship plan from age zero to 18, and then we refer to that as the cradle to college plan. Secondly, to partner with parents and set them up to win. If you're a parent like I am, you know parenting is massively hard. Um, and so we want to set up parents to win. We believe that parents are the single greatest spiritual influence in the lives of their child or teenager. And we want to come alongside them in being that influence. And third, we want to expose kids to the three-dimensional lifestyle of full devotion, just like we do adults. And so when we talk about that, we're talking about vibrant spirituality, where kids are making a difference, and they do this in community, all done in age-appropriate ways. Um, again, as a recap, we offer Little Lights, which is nursery and preschool, Movers and Shakers, kindergarten to grade five, and Riot, which is grades six to eight on Sunday mornings. And during the week, we also offer Riot and Current, which is our high school program. The key ways that the family ministry department are seeking to grow in our ministry's faithfulness in this coming year is as follows. We want to develop a stronger ownership of the three reasons that family ministry exists. We want to communicate them well to parents and leaders and deliver them in really tangible ways. We want to make a deeper investment in partnering with parents a stronger investment into our volunteers and amazing leaders. And we also want to provide greater availability and more pastoral presence on Sunday mornings. As far as an invitation, if you're wondering how you can become, um, how you can more faithfully participate in family ministry, I have a few ideas. 
One, consider being a leader in Little Lights, MS, Riot, or Current, and invest in the next generation with us as we declare God's faithfulness from this generation to the next. It takes all of us to raise this next generation together. We all have a role to play. Each of us are needed. Second, if you're already leading in family ministry, consider leading in a more consistent way, if possible, weekly or biweekly. We really, really believe that leaders investing in kids consistently makes all the difference in building a strong relationship between or a strong relationship with kids and with parents. And third, parents know that we're on your side. We want to cheer you on. We want to set you up to win. Again, we believe that you're the greatest spiritual influence in the lives of your kids. So here's what we would love you to do. Bring your kids to church regularly. Talk about church. Ask them what they're learning in their programs. Download the Parent Q app. Drive your kids to youth programs. Pray for your kids. Pray for the leaders in family ministry. Prioritize your own relationship with God. Be the kind of adult that you want your kids to grow up to be. Your kids are watching you like crazy. And reach out to us if you need help, because we're here for you. We believe that God wants to raise up a generation of kids who have a spirituality that's vibrant, kids who make a difference and are world changers, and kids who live in community. And it's going to take all of us to make that happen. We would love to see our kids attend Sunday mornings and midweek programs regularly. We'd love to see our kids bring their friends. We'd love for kids to become more missional and for our youth to be leaders in our church. And we'd love to see parents partner with us so that parents can leave a beautiful legacy in the lives of their kids that last beyond eternity. So that's what we're hoping for in this coming year. Well, uh, my name is Michael Krause, and I'm up here representing ministry services, and I am absolutely not a part of ministry services. They would never let me participate in these ministries because they would actually like to see communication, IT, finance, facility, and tech and commu um, actually happen, and I have none of those gifts whatsoever. And so what this, it's kind of super fitting. I'm up here uh, because Vicki Giles uh, couldn't be here tonight. She leads that ministry. So apparently in this next season, Vicki will be more faithful in showing up to services. <laughs> but, uh, but in some ways, it's super fitting that someone like me, who has none of these gifts, is up here representing her ministry because there's no way I could do a fraction of the things that I do without the ministry services people doing the stuff behind the scenes that never gets seen. Paul talks about the body of Christ, that some body parts are visible to everybody, and, the, and actually the more significant and more important parts all happen in places that nobody can see. So you can think of me as like the big ugly nose on the body of Christ in our church, and ministry services are all the vital organs that get the stuff done, right? So this is what Vicky's written. Ministry services exist to serve and support all the other ministries of Southridge, enhancing all of our programs and your experience this coming year. 
We're committed to coming alongside the visions of all these ministries and working through the details in order to make these visions that we've just heard about a reality. When ministry services is running its best, you don't really know we exist, but your ability or your experience and your ability to engage feels effortless. To make that more possible this year, we are committed to several things, and she lists them. First, to improving our communication to everyone in our church community. Improving our communication. And might I just say, communication is a two-way street, and I invite you to be faithful in communicating with us. Communicating through stuff like today, social media. I think about 25 or 30 people posted pictures of their faithful in the small things to the Instagram account. Um, Just to create that conversation or truth and love. Tell us what's working in our church or what isn't and on and on. Maintaining and enhancing all three facilities to create a more welcoming environment for our guests and providing improved logistical support to our core programs. For example, offering online registration and payment for events, establishing an accurate database for our church to help with engagement and new promotion strategies and so on. These are some of their ideas for supporting the ministry better. We're also striving to further develop the financial health of Southridge through added resources and awareness, both individually for our attendees and corporately as a church community. And I would say this is another way that we all participate together. Jeff Martins talked about as a couple weeks ago as we live our, our finances in the spirit of abundance and togetherness and generosity. We can create a community where even at a financial level, we can make sure these beautiful ministry visions are happening. She says, this is where you all come into the picture. We've been blown away lately as we reach out to folks and identify the diverse skill sets that exist among members of all three of our locations. Every part of our family is important, and we don't take for granted the skills that you have. We would love to help you identify your spiritual gifts and brainstorm creative ways that God could use them in his kingdom and in our community. Now, I don't know if this is a wish list or just a random sampling, but she says maybe you're a grant writer an electrician, or you own a cleaning business. Maybe you're a plumber, an artist, an accountant, or you love fixing computers. We want you to feel invited to step forward and to bring those talents and expertise to our church family. Nothing we bring is too small. And in the end, it is these small acts of consistent, faithful service that help strengthen this community and enable us to impact others as we dream big together. That's what Vicky says. Okay, let's put our hands together for these guys one more time as they clean up. While they're doing that, uh, just for fun, a little observation about Michael, you know, making these comments about not being appropriate to speak for ministry services. Did you notice there? how accurately he was able to recall Jeff's sermon from like weeks ago. Like the rest of us, we'd forgotten all of that, but Mike knew exactly. But uh, as far as recounting Vicky's uh, kind of rant there, you know her last name is Reimer, right? Yeah, her, her last name is, she got married. Her last name is Reimer now, and you married her. Uh, <laughs> you pronounced her. Anyways, I've had enough fun with you. 
Um, does that inspire you? Does that inspire you as much as those personal sharing times? Because for me, when I, when I sit here and I listen to these kinds of leaders share, in kind of conjunction with hearing every one of us individually share, I feel like this together is the full beauty of what God intends the church to be. On the one hand, it's this village where we cannot give up meeting, but rather encourage and spur each other on to love and good deeds. And on the other hand, this collective us, this collective we that can do incredible things in the world. I asked Ray to throw this up on the screen and he was able to pull this together. Let's see if I can pull it up. I was reminded as I was listening to these guys, these guys share of this verse in uh, Ephesians chapter four, where it says, Jesus makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. When every single one of us is faithful to do our quote unquote own special work, it helps the rest of us and the watching world be healthy and growing and full of love. And so as you're thinking about where God would want you to be more personally faithful this year, ask a second question related to our collective identity and ask what is your own special work to be more faithful in this year. Because the truth is we've been given a wonderful opportunity in this time in human history. I don't know if you caught it, but almost every leader uh, mentioned the word privilege. Uh, I consider it a privilege to be able to be part of this church family. Most of the time when I say a prayer around church environments, I thank God that through Jesus, he's rescued me and rescued us from a life of meaninglessness and sin and death and adopted us into his own family where we can be his kids and brothers and sisters together. I think it's fantastic. But as if that wasn't staggeringly incredible enough, he also has included us personally and together as brothers and sisters in Christ in his kingdom building, eternity altering plan for the world. And we get to, we get to live in this era in human history called this era of restoration where the life of Jesus is available to fill us up and unify us and empower us together to be this tidal wave of love in the world. And when each part does its own special work, we can become healthy and growing and full, full of love. And I know there are so many of us these days dreaming of what kind of even larger tidal waves of love we can be across Niagara. We're gonna hear about that next Sunday as each of our location pastors share their personal hearts to their locations about how that can apply in our own local context where we find ourselves. But as one church, I wanna invite us to stand and close off with a final song together to just pledge our devotion again as an us, as a we, that we are going to live out this beauty called the church in this era of human history and be this tidal wave of love to the world. Thanks, everybody.